Why, what do you love most about Pineapple Express? Um, it's funny. Sure. <laughs> I don't. I just think it's very funny. Um, Is it the funniest movie you've ever seen? Yes. Wow! Holy shit! That's. I mean, Shrek is really good too. Sure. And Monsters Inc. But <laughs> that's a weird like, like the top three comedies, obviously Pineapple Express, mm-hmm. Shrek, Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One live well, comedy, comedy usually doesn't um, age very well. Yeah, I have always thought, as someone that tries to practice comedy, that it's the art form that ages the poorest. Yeah, and I think with kids' cartoons, usually they have a better shot. Yeah, probably because they're they're a bit more. I don't know. The animation, I think, helps a lot. Like being animated. Yeah. This was a great episode. We watched a bunch of different Three Stooges where they all got scared. Um, last night. I got absolutely no sleep because I saw the biggest spider. Oh, how how big? Um, bigger than a quarter, smaller than a dollar bill. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. I did. I smushed this one. Oh. I had to. It was so big. There was like, ugh. But now it's stuck on my wall, and I couldn't vacuum it up, and I'm just so afraid. That so, its friends will see that you killed it and will come and try to take revenge on you. Well, just it'll come back to life. It could fall into my stuffed animals. There's a lot of fear. But it, like, rocked me to my core. I threw up. Oh, gosh. Solve, Oh, my goodness. Well, in the Three Stooges, they get, like, full body scared, which you have to think, well, I have a lot of anxiety, but how often do I get that scared? It happened to me. Wow. It really... It's it's an experience to be scared that much, you know? Well, I'm very sorry that you had such a terrible experience uh, with that spider whose children you orphaned. I just want to know how the hell it got where it was. Yeah. It was just, like, in a weird place where it's like, well, not by the window, not by the door. Like, why here? <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Charlie? I'm okay. Uh, also a little sleepy. Um, I had a long day of watching movies and hanging out with my friend Jen uh, re- nice. remotely. We, uh, I watched, I don't talk about some of the movies that we watched at the end of the episode, but uh, some good stuff, definitely. Very also cool. played a round of Honey Heist. Oh, the, like, role-playing game we played? Mm-hmm. Um, talk to Nick about that. He doesn't remember when we played it at all. Wow. Those br- Rude. Wow, those brain zaps, you know. It's true, but we were bears. How can you forget being bears? How can you being bear criminals? Like, that's, that I don't get. <laughs> Criminals is a strong word. Yeah. That's why I used it. This is the final girl sleepover. I'm Solvay. I'm Charlie. And we are back in our special spooktacular Halloween season. Not spooktacular, that's someone else's thing. We are in our uh what's a good what's a good uh, pejorative that I can use here? I don't know. What was the title of it? Uh we are in our super spooky season and our special spooky season series. The Ghosts of Halloween's Past, where Ah. the two of us are going back to revisit uh, Halloween and spooky media that was influential to us as children. Mm -hmm. This week, kind of a a left-field choice, I would say. But we chose, uh, actually I chose, uh, three Three Stooges shorts running from the 30s to the 50s. Yeah, were these in chronicle order? Uh, They were not. I think that the second one... We Want Our Mummy comes before... Oh, actually, I know for a fact. Um, So, uh, We Want Our Mummy would come first. And then 
when a body meets a body, and I only know that that one came later because uh, after Curly had his first stroke, he was out for a couple of them, and this was mm-hmm. the first one that he came back for. Mm-hmm. And then after he died, his brother Shemp took over, which would have been the third one, which, as you couldn't tell in that third third episode, shot in 3D. What? Yeah, you couldn't tell all the things coming right at the camera? I thought it was a weird choice, but I didn't think it would be, like, 3D. Yeah, what a weird, what a weird choice for this dude, just this weird avant-garde thing where they're just poking their fingers right at the camera. Yeah, I mean, they are ahead of their time. So, uh, before we get into it, let me tell you why I chose these three episodes. Okay. So, in 1995, TBS's Halloween special was called The Three Stooges Fright Night where they played a series of Three Stooges shorts, including these three, uh, on Halloween or around Halloween night. And I I taped them on VHS when I was a kid. I would have been <laughs> nine, and I, I taped this whole marathon of Three Stooges shorts. And I would keep revisiting that tape time and time again. Uh, there are some jokes in these episodes that I still tell to this very day. Like, there are still, like, some things that they say that have, like, entered my popular vernacular and I spread. And so this was a very important kind of like Halloween, like spooky tradition for me was this VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord knows where it is now. My parents probably threw it away at some point. But I remember like the commercials. I remember the advertisements. It, and it's like watching that whole thing was just something I loved doing as a kid for years and years. What are your experiences, first of all, with the Three Stooges, Solvay? Well, first of all, the Scooby-Doo episode is my first, I think, um, sure. experience when they used to do the, like, celebrity crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was the tail end of the Stooges. The tail end of the Stooges. Oh, really? And, and then, yeah, and, uh, they stopped around the 1970s. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, was there ever a female Stooge? There was not. Boo. Yeah. Very sexist uh, that way. There were, I mean, they were all Jewish, so there's something there. There can be Jewish women. No, there can't. <laughs> it's against the law. Um, so I had seen the first one we watched before. You had shown me If a Body Meets a Body before. Oh, I had. Okay. You had. Cool. Good for me. Um, so, yeah, so I think that was the first one I've, like, fully seen. So not a lot, not a lot of experience with the Three Stooges. Um, how do you feel watching a mini marathon of them early on Saturday morning? Good. I guess my question is, um, are they always detectives? They are not. That is interesting that they all kind of played these uh, detective roles, uh, or uh, hobo roles in the first one. What are the hobo detectives? Yes. I think that's what got them in the business. I, I think so, too. If, you know, if the Three Stooges were just a bunch of shorts about hobo detectives, might have, I mean, mm-hmm. they're very well-beloved and well-remembered. Maybe even more so if they were just hobo detectives. True. In some episodes, they're they're plumbers. Uh, in some of them, they're uh, they're criminals. In some of them, they're um, they're members of the Nazi party. Uh, wow. Yeah, very satirical, very anti-Nazi. Um, so yeah, they they play themselves, but in different roles. So there's no real like continuity. Okay. But are, they're usually are they always spooky like this? Or no, they're not. Unfortunately, okay. uh, in some of them, they're, uh, you know, plumbers, and they need to fix plumbing at a hoi polloi party. And, uh-oh, the water's getting everywhere. And so it's just, it's like them kind of like bumbling through social interactions. I get it. Yeah, but I, I've always liked, uh, like most media that I enjoy, I like my Three Stooges shorts, spooky. Uh-huh. Um, which out of the three is your favorite? 
Um, definitely if a body meets a body. Yeah, my, me too. It was the scariest, too. It was. Um, it, that image of the bird in the skull carrying the blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, what a cool tattoo that would be. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's a very professional bird. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I like all of them. The one joke that I remember the most is when someone says, hey, don't be morbid. And then one of the students responds, wow, the morbid, the merrier. Yeah, I wrote that down. That's one of my favorite lines, and there's also um, in Spook, the later one, mm -hmm. Dr. Jekyll, we must hide. Yes. <laughs> I like that one a lot, too. That was good. That one stood out to me. Um, I feel like whenever someone says something is morbid, like 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 him, someone hitting me like in my knee, my reflex is just like, oh, yeah, the morbid, the merrier. My whole life, since, since 1995. Um. So what was shocking to me the first time you showed me this, and it really set in the second time, uh, the one named Curly mm -hmm. is not the one with the curly hair. That is correct. Fucks with me every time. That's Larry. That is Larry. <laughs> That's right. That's Who named them? Let's <laughs> name the bald one Curly. Which is pretty funny. It is. Um, his name, so brief history of the Stooges, uh, if you do not know. So, Moe, Curly, and Shemp were all brothers. And they did a comedy act with this guy named Ted Healy in nightclubs back in the day. They did a couple of short films with him, but then Columbia's like, hey, you three stooges are the best part of this act. Leave your boss, come work for us. And then they made about 190 short films in... Wild. Yeah, just churning them out. Uh, and then they ended up... Um, and, and then sort of the, the, the lineup changed. Moe and Larry were generally the, the two stalwarts. They started with Shemp, and then Shemp left, and then Curly came in where he was sort of there for 14 years. He was obviously sort of the most famous of them. Then Curly had a stroke and couldn't continue. So then Shemp comes back, who was in Spooks. Same Shemp, same actor? Same one, yep. Ooh. And then Shemp died, I think maybe also of a stroke. So then they replaced him with this guy named... Joe Besser, who was not very funny. He did it for a year. Then they went into like a period of obscurity. Then television came out and it was like, well, we have all, we have 190 of these three Stooges shorts. They find a new audience and then they get uh, Joe Dorita, who went by Curly Joe Dorita, to do a bunch of feature length films with them. Uh, and then they remade it a few years ago, didn't they? They did they with it. Will Sasso as, as Curly. I tried watching it. It was not very good. I can't imagine a movie. It wasn't. It it was not. Um, and I'm. What do you think the Stooges have that we don't have today? Um, I think their slapstick is a lot more pure. I guess, like today, mm -hmm. slapstick still absolutely works. Slapstick still a completely valid form of comedy. Um, but it's usually like more set up. Like there's, it's hopefully like a bit smarter, or it's way dumber. This seems to like <laughs> the Stooges kind of like fit in the middle. Like it's these mm -hmm. stories. There's these one-liners. They're not as witty as, like, Abbott and Costello, and their physical comedy right. isn't as good as, like, Charlie Chaplin or um, or the Marx Brothers. But they, they're, like, this, like, working-class group of guys. They're just beating the shit out of each other. And that's yes. kind of funny. Kind of. But if you take away, and we'll get into each episode, mm -hmm. but um, there's a theme of, oh, I saw something 
but it's not there anymore. So you're questioning your reality, and then you're getting hit constantly. <laughs> they must be just like mental wrecks. They, they must be. I mean, that's how you become a that's a that's a stooge for you. They're not yeah. like the three well-adjusted gentlemen. They're the three stooges. No, but they're very relatable. Um, so why don't you tell us about if a body meets a body? Right. So this one. Um, and they start off very poor. I love the set design where they don't have a bed. The bed frame with like a fire in the middle. <laughs> They're very poor. They're eating horse soup. Yes, they are. Um, Curly, they find out through a newspaper. A conveniently placed newspaper headline. Yeah. That uh, I think his uncle has died. Mm -hmm. And... Is they're looking for Curly to get his inheritance. Mm -hmm. So they go to this big spooky mansion. Mm, reminds me of the reformatory. <laughs> and they, um, it's a bunch of people who knew this uncle, but they're not there to read the will because he was murdered. And the will so is have, missing. The will is missing. Well, while they're being told it, there was a murder, the lawyer was murdered. And the will was stolen. So they all have to stay. No one can leave until it's figure it out and so they're staying in the room of the where the uncle died and they're very afraid of ghosts there's a bird that uh for some reason it's like i'm gonna get inside this skull <laughs> starts walking around and flying around with it scaring them and then eventually they find bodies blah 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 lots of hijinks mm -hmm. it all kind of comes together in like a minute yeah at the very end they they knock over the maid who surprise is a man disguised as a woman because we can't avoid that trope in film no. My biggest question is, if I were to murder someone and steal the will, why would I stick around? Yeah. <laughs> why would I continue to do this maid job? Probably because you couldn't leave. It would, be, it would be suspicious. Although, you could just leave it like, no, I'm clearly a man. I don't know where that maid is. Right, you would just change and be like, sorry, I'm late. My favorite thing that I love um, in that scene is, like, they knock over the maid and they find the will inside of her wig. And the, the cop comes out. And says, hey, look what we found. The cop says, oh, it's you. No more explanation than that. It's like, oh, okay. And then they get pulled away. They read the will, finding out that they've been left, or that Curly's been left, the sum total of 67 cents net. Which is just rude. So rude. Especially because I think his sister got a million dollars. And that's in like 1930s yeah. dollars. That's incredible. That's still, yeah. Um... So, this one particularly, I think it is partially the set design, but I've noticed in other ones. Are the Stooges all really short? They are very short, aren't they? Like, everyone yeah. towers over them. Yeah, it's wild. Um, pause. I've been watching, like, Saturday Night Live from the beginning. Oh, okay. And they had Paul Simon on there from, you know... Mm -hmm. From being Paul whatever. Simon. Yeah. He's so short. <laughs> Did you? I not. I never knew that, but he's five three. I did not know that. Yeah, he's. With tiny. with that powerful voice, I thought he'd be much taller. With yeah, that cool okay. rock and roll voice. Um, back to the Stooges. What I found the most interesting and almost a little shocking, like it fell off. Unlike a lot of TV shows at this time and since that time, no laugh track. Yeah, uh, this predates. This would predate the laugh track, and well. This predates television, where the laugh track really found its power. It originally kind of showed up in radio, where they would have live audiences to laugh at things, uh -huh. which is, you know, good. But yeah, no no laugh track. Just kind of, just a short film. But you can hear it in your head, at least I can, from watching so much. Yeah. Because <laughs> I Love Lucy had a laugh track, right? Yeah. Um, 
So by the by the fifties, I guess. Yeah, which the the third one, Spooks, was in the mid to early fifties, which mm-hmm. explains why it's in three D or was shot in three D. So were people supposed to sit at home with three D glasses, or are they just supposed to? Oh no, these were only shown in the theater. In the fifties. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the oh, way, okay. the way it would work is when you go to a movie. And this didn't change until Psycho came out, is that it used to be like you would just go to the movies and then sit down and just watch at whatever point the movie was at, because eventually the movie would cycle back again, because they're showing, all right, we're going to show a newsreel, we're going to show a cartoon, we're going to show a short okay. film, now the feature film, now a cartoon again, now a newsreel again. Wild. I, that always drove me nuts in like... I've seen that before, but like in Roger Rabbit where they're like, we'll go to a movie, and they just sit down and it's going. I'm like, you can't just show up to a movie, but I guess you can. That's the way it used to be. It wasn't until Alfred Hitchcock uh, released Psycho, um, you know, less than a decade after Spooks, or in the decade after Spooks, and he was like, listen, no one, no one's going to be allowed to be seated after the movie starts. That's not how we do it. This movie is, is a work of art. you got to watch it from beginning to end, and that's what actually changed that as a trend in America. Wild. That's crazy. It is. I can't imagine... You know, there have been times where I've like just like gone to the movies, but it's been like, all right, what is playing next? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's how uh, Nick and I saw the remake of *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Um, I do love *Psycho*, but I find that interesting because there was good movies before *Psycho*. Oh yeah, and you know the way you'd see it, it's like, okay, you show up, you see the second half of it, then you sit through an hour, see the first half of it, then you leave, pay your nickel, you know. Right. Some movies that would really fuck you up. Yeah. So the second short that we watched, uh, We Want Our Mummy. Uh, some some great Egyptology jokes. What did you think about this one? Tell us the plot of this one, Solvay. So this one, um, the Stooges start off as detectives. Like, they're hired. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, a double job. They're hired because this professor went missing. But within a few minutes, they are also hired to become archaeologists <laughs> yeah. and find the mummy of Rootin' Tootin'. Great name for a mummy. Amazing. So they travel all the way to Egypt. In a cab. In a cab. They don't pay for the cab. Uh, they don't pay their $2,000 bill. Well, they're waiting to find the mummy so they can get the $5,000. I mean, that is, I think, interesting is that the cab trip on the way back to America is the same amount. They're clearing, like, less than $1,000 for this caper. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so they're in the tomb... Um, much like any archaeology movie in the 30s, mm-hmm. there's bad guys who will stop at nothing to get this uh, mummy. So they have the kidnapped professor. They're also in the tomb. They're all chasing each other trying to find the mummy. At one point, they think they have the mummy. Mm-hmm. And Curly falls and just like crushes it, turns it straight into dust. So he has to pretend to be a mummy. But he can't because I'm a daddy. Exactly. <laughs> Ah, you're a daddy then, mummy. Yeah. Then they, um... I don't remember how they defeat the bad guys in this one. But eventually they... They fall in a well. They, find, they Curly puts oh, uh, a... Puts a rug over a well because it's too dangerous. Which causes the right. three goons, including one guy in a really cool mummy suit. I love his mask. To, to yes. run onto it and fall. Fall, presumably to their deaths. No one's there to rescue them. There's an alligator upstairs. There's a crocodile upstairs. Do you think that was a real crocodile? It was a very good actor. I think it was. I think it absolutely was. The way it just stood still. It knew its mark. Mm-hmm. It was in its light. It was amazing. It's a professional. And, um, 
Yeah, they find the professor who reveals, oh, you, all those weren't rootin' tootin'. That was his wife. What was the wife's name? Hachi Tachi. Hachi Tachi. But uh, rootin' tootin' was a little person, so they grab this tiny little, <laughs> yep, tiny little sarcophagus. They run out of there. Yep. Um, What'd you think of this one? I like this one. This one, um, I'm going to ask history questions. Mm -hmm. So it seems like movies at this time were placed in this time. So we have this Three Stooges short, Indiana Jones, The Mummy. Mm. What was it about this time period where everyone's just like insane for finding artifacts? Uh, because people were insane for actually finding artifacts in ancient Egypt. In, not ancient Egypt, actual Egypt. From, what uh? Yeah. What prompted that? Because Egypt's always been there. It has, but it wasn't uh, colonized by by European powers, who were then sort of digging through and finding all of these ancient. So the 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 reference would be to King Tutankhamun, um, of which mm -hmm. the, uh, not the last time I was in L.A., but the time before, uh, they had an exib uh, exhibition of Tutankhamun's tomb that I went to, and it was very fascinating. All the stuff that he was buried with. And so it was like this huge thing. It's like, hey, look, we found the remains of this ancient civilization. Look at all this ancient treasure that we found in Egypt that we're taking to our museums and all of these things. So people were kind of... And also, uh, there was the curse of the mummy. So what happened was, his name was Howard, something Howard, maybe, uh, was the guy that found Tutankhamun's tomb. And several people involved with that expedition all died very suddenly and tragically of different reasons. This is a true this story. This is a true story. And so people were like, oh shit, there's a curse. The mummy's curse. Which then eventually led to movies like The Mummy Being Made, basing itself you know, on, on this like real thing that was sort of in the zeitgeist of like, oh shit, did these archaeologists accidentally unleash an ancient evil that's killing people? Mm -hmm. And no, it, it, it obviously wasn't that. But there were several deaths involved with it, including... Like, oh, the car that was, like, driving it to the museum ran over a kid. Oh, my God. People had heart attacks. People were murdered. Uh, people, there's a whole series of things. And so sort of the big news or a big news story of, like, the 20s specifically, I would say, was we found this we found this tomb and there might be a curse. And so it kind of entered the cultural zeitgeist that way. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, I like this take on it. I thought it was funny. Um... I, the website we used, Daily, what was it Daily called? Daily Motion. It's a weird website because it's like, do you want to watch this porn video next? And I don't. <laughs> but it showed me an ad, the same ad every single Can time. Can I ask, was it was it the guy say, talking shit about Steve Danes? Nope. Oh, I got... I got lucky. Oh, shit. What was yours? What did you get? Mine was a little cartoon about, uh, like, home surveillance. It's a, <laughs> alarm.com. It showed... <laughs> If you needed two ads, it would just show it twice. I had the same for... But, oh, oh, go ahead. Well, just um, in the the Stooges, right when they hear the radio ad, they're like, there's too many commercials. That was right when I got a commercial. Oh, that's too. hilarious. Yeah, you kept getting the same ad? Yep, I kept getting an attack ad against Steve Danes. And it just it's this, uh, it's this veteran, and he's looking down at the camera, and he says, I heard Steve Danes spent a lot of time in China. And then it cuts to a clip of Steve Danes being like, yeah, I was in China a bunch in the 90s. And then it's like, oh, well, I'll, I mean, not to get political here. Fuck Steve Danes. But it's all about how Steve Danes is bad for Montana. And I got that same ad, like, every commercial twice in a row. Um, I don't get these ads. I don't know. Why am I getting it's them? It's like they confuse me. They confuse me because, like, Steve Danes is, like, 
oh, Bullock is such a liberal. And Bullock was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and it's like, now I, I'm going to vote for Bullock. But still, he says things like that, like, he was in China. And it's like, it's okay if he's been to China. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to act like that. I'm not a big fan of attack ads at all. Yeah, I, I am so relieved that this is the last election year we're ever going to have, so we don't have to worry about seeing them again in the future. Yeah, I can't wait to be dead. <laughs> Someone came to our door yesterday to talk about it. Oh, what the fuck? It was wild. I'm excited that my ballot is showing up here in a few days. I am cool. going to just mail it off, and then hopefully they will somehow know to stop sending me attack ads because I've already voted. Oh, Charlie. Do you ever, like, buy something online and then Amazon, like, in your Facebook ads just keep showing it to you? Yeah. Like, it's like, you're smart enough to know I already bought it. I own this. I I mean, sometimes, like, well, I guess I do need two of this shirt, but I ne I've never <laughs> pulled the trigger on it. Um, speaking of pulling the trigger, how about the third episode, Spooks? Spooks was my least favorite. Yeah, it's a little uh, deeper into the, to the run of the Stooges. They're a bit mm -hmm. older. Their timing's not quite as good. Uh, tell us about that one. So this one is your classic mad scientist. Mm -hmm. Once again, they are um, detectives, private eyes mm -hmm. in this one. They live in their office, which is funny. Also, I love they all sleep in the same bed. Yeah. And they're all like, they all clearly hate each other, but for some <laughs> reason feel the need to take care of each other and just like, I hate you, but we're here for life. Um, so this one's called Spooks. They're hired because this man's daughter is missing. They find her in the basement of a mad scientist. He's going to put her brain in a gorilla. They're disguised as pie salesmen, as door-to-door -door pie salesmen. Yep, that, yeah. And hijinks ensue. Uh, there's, like, henchmen who are trying to kill them the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, uh, shrimp? Shimp? Shemp. Shemp? Yes. Um, who looks so much older than all... They're always old, but he looked old. Yeah, this was also, like, between, like, 10 and 20 years after the last one that we watched. Yeah. Well, he saves the girl, but mm -hmm. the gorilla is loose, so then they're trying to get out, and the doors are locked, and then there's guns. And the whole thing was originally shot in 3D, so, like, every, like, eye poke and, like, kick is, like, coming right at the camera. Which yeah. Which I kind of love. There's some pie throwing. Some great pie. Th well, not great pie throwing. Not great aim on some of these pies. Um, I do like that the girl that they rescued gets a pie in the face, though. She does. That's why I was like, is she going to be the next stooge? I I really think that if when they ever try to reboot the Three Stooges, let's just do it with three ladies. Let's piss everyone off. Let's Ghostbusters just, again. Let's just ghost bust those stooges. I agree. I don't know if it'll work, but we should try at least. We should try. Uh, so, so what did what did you think of overall of our experience this morning? What what did you what did you feel? It was good. I love any of um. I love. Uh, I guess movies, but TV from this point, mm -hmm. I love any black and white. Um, just silly comedies. Mm -hmm. So I had a great time. It was spooky. Some they were definitely on theme. For being spooky, and I think I would have loved these as a kid. Yeah, I I really did. There's a couple. There's a couple of others that were on there too. I couldn't find them available on any website, but it was still a very like important part of my childhood, and something that I still think about fondly, especially this time of the year, because I think my sense of humor 
I as a kid, I really kind of fell in love with like old black and white comedy movies, mm-hmm. especially you know I mean I was really into the Three Stooges as a as a little kid, um, and then I discovered like Abbott and Costello, uh, especially Abbott and Costello, and then uh, the Marx Brothers, and that really influenced my sense of humor, like mm-hmm. that whole time period of film, that style of film, really helped make me who I am, and as I am such a spooky person, you know, regardless. It's the spooky ones that really stand out to me. Yeah. It's interesting how things... It's interesting and fun, kind of, to be a detective, to be, like, watching, revisiting old stuff and being like, oh, that's where I got this from. Yeah. That's why I'm this way. Like the joke, whenever someone mentions the the Egyptian city of Tunis, Mm -hmm. I say, oh, yeah, we can go there and have Tunis sandwiches for lunch. (laughs) It's good. It makes you hungry for sandwiches. Yeah. Goes with my uncle in Cairo. He's a chiropractor. That one was great. I love that one. Um, yeah, every line, I don't think there was any joke that really didn't work. There were some references that I, were, like, things were like, oh, this is clearly a reference to a movie or a person that I have no idea what they're talking about. True. Yeah. There's the, the one with Curly's like, oh, well, if there's no other place around the place, this must be the place, I reckon. And that's probably an impression of someone, but I have no idea who. Who knows? They've been hit in the head so many times. <laughs> yes, yes, they have. Uh, Mo specifically is the more abusive of them. Yeah, he's their leader? Question mark. Yeah, he's so mean. Do you think he was mean in real life? I think he was actually kind of a sweetheart in real life. That's his face. Yeah. He he sells it though. He really does. Um. All right. Anything else we need to add about the Three Stooges Fright Night? Um. I thought it was great. Obviously, big recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone you think should have been a stooge that wasn't? I think the actor who played Uncle Fester clearly has a stooge look about him. Oh, Jackie Coogan. Yeah, he does. Um, anyone uh, else? Um, th- so when Larry died, they briefly decided to bring in uh, one of their recurring supporting actors, whose name was uh, Emil Harris, maybe? E-M-I-L something? And mm-hmm. he was going to be Harry. And there's, like, one production photo that they took of Moe, Harry, and Curly Joe. But then I think Moe died before anything could ever come of it. Oh. So kind of a what if. And then also, um, because they shot several of these at the same time, there were a couple that were, like, being made when Shemp was incapacitated and then couldn't mm-hmm. continue. And so there's this guy that they call the fake Shemp that will occasionally, like, show up in, in small roles here and there. Um as as Shemp kind of filling in. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, Sam Raimi loved that so much that he created the role of fake Shemp in his movies, where it's like anyone filling in for someone else is credited as fake Shemp. That's hilarious. Yeah. You can really see a lot of the Three Stooges' influence on Sam Raimi, especially in the Evil Dead movies. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Well, all right, Sylvie, do you have a sleepover game for us? I do. Let me pull it up. Okay. Um, so, I got some Mad Libs. Oh, good. Way better than that horrible thing we did last week. I was not a part of that. Um, you were half a part of that. So, it's hard to find Mad Libs, A, for adults, B, that aren't, like, weird, and C, that you don't have to pay for on Etsy. Sure. So, I have two. Okay. One of them very much on theme, the other one I couldn't walk away from. Okay, I'm excited. So this first one is an official Mad Lib on horror movies, which I found on the Netflix DVD blog. Oh, wow. So I need an adjective. Adjective. Adjectives are 
description words. I oh, of, of course, I know what an adjective is. I'm going to say creepy. Creep. Um, plural noun. Pillows. Um, adjective. Yellow. Nice. <laughs> Part of the body plural. Ribs. Um, part of the body. Nose. Noun. House. Noun. Um. Duck. There's a lot of nouns coming up. Just a okay. Noun. <laughs> a book. Noun. Seltzer. Ooh, how do you spell that? S-E-L-T-Z-E-R. Noun. Uh, pill caddy. Pill caddy. Are you just looking around your room? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, noun. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, adjective. Resplendent. Resplendent. Abundant. Mm -hmm. Do you give me a definition of that word, please? No, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> Super good, beautiful, excellent, maybe? Noun. Noun. Mirror. One more. One more noun. One more noun. Okay, looking around my room, looking around my room. Um, murderer. <laughs> Sorry, I looked in the mirror. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. I'm excited for this. Here's your horror movie Mad Lib. Here is the most creepy horror pillows ever made in Hollywood. <laughs> Each of these yellow films received a rating of two ribs. The hunch nose of Notre House. Oh, of course, the famous film, The Hunch Nose of Notre House. Yeah. The Duck of the Living Book, Seltzer of Frankenstein. I love that. I would watch that. Yeah. Invasion of the Pill Caddy Snatchers. Whoa. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a elevated horror movie. <laughs> it is. It's really it's really about aging. It's like a horror film, but it's about aging. Okay, this one is wild. Wisconsin from the Resplendent Lagoon. <laughs> Last mirror on the left. And That's, the murder. Okay, just real quick. It is weird that of the references to horror films they make, one of them is The Last House on the Left. Just saying. Just kind of a weird tonal difference there. That's all. You can continue. Yeah, they're kind of like classic ones, and then it's like... Oh, yeah, Rape uh, Revenge. Okay. Yep. The very last one, The Murderer of the Opera. Oh, I would watch and The Murderer the of the Opera. Those are the creepiest horror movies or horror pillows ever mm -hmm. made. I think Seltzer of Frankenstein would would be a great movie. I would watch that. I think almost anything could fit in right there and it would sound good. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Mm -hmm. Horror question mark? It depends on who you are. Oh. Your morals. Okay, I'm excited to see how this one shakes out. So this one came up, I think just because of the color palette, it's like, this is horror on Google. 
And so I clicked into deviant art. That's fine. But then I somehow found myself in the middle of the uh, tickle fetish deviant art what? community. What? What? So here we are with the tickle fantasy Mad Lib. Just a second. Just I. I'm sorry. I have so many questions. Um, the first question is going to be: Is this is this just the option for tickle fetishist, or was it all the fetishes have their own Mad Lib, or was it one person who likes to tickle slash get tickled? It was like you know what I'll do on my deviant art account, a Mad Lib. Um. I think it's a whole a whole group dedicated to it. What a time to be alive. I'm glad they have their community. I really am. I'm surprised it's not DeviantArt, but yes. Well, uh, you know, DeviantArt. It's in the name. That's that's true. Very true. Okay. L listen, I've seen a lot of fucked up cartoons on DeviantArt. Some of them I was searching for. Really? Yes. It's okay. We won't, we won't question anymore. <laughs> Celebrity. Oh, I hate this. I hate this already. There's a lot of celebrities, so you better have a, a good little All right. going. Let's let's keep it spooky. Let's say Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Uh, this one we we can maybe pass or find something. Um, it wants a specific tickle website. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's say uh, etickle.com. Etickle. I assume that's not a real website. I'm just gonna look real quick just in case to make don't sure. Don't you not. Google that? <laughs> okay, I will not. Right? You don't want that in your uh, your web browser. Incognito mode. Did anything come up? Someone owns it. It it has nothing, but it someone owns it and is trying to build a website on it. So it is nothing currently. But one day. One day. It will probably be for a video game. <laughs> okay. Um, a verb. A verb. Verb is an action. It's what you do. So is 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 tickle. Two two on the nose. It is because it's the next word. Well, then I'm going with tickle. Tickle tickle. Okay. Um, a a different celebrity. Vincent Price. A body part. The elbow. Adjective. Horrifying. An action verb? An action verb. Like running, I guess. Or... Oh, I see. Okay. Um, fleeing. Fleeing. Another body part. Toes. A verb. Scare. Another celebrity. Oh, um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. My body part. <laughs> it's her boobs. Gotta say boobs. Yeah, <laughs> gotta say boobs. You have to. You have uh, to. Hair, hair would be okay, too, but I don't know if that counts as a body part. Um, another verb. Another verb. Um, spook. Uh, adverb. That's a verb ending in L-Y. I'm a writer. Yeah. I know this. Yeah. I don't. That one, I had no idea. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a writer. I know what all of these things are. I, I've written some things. An adverb is going to be, let's say, um, ooh, uh, how about gently? Um, adjective. An adjective is a description. Let's say haunted. Verb. 
verb uh, tie. Uh, body parts. Body parts. Uh, let's go with necks. A verb? A verb. Um, how about... Uh, I want to say damn. Is that a verb? To damn, like I am damning you. All right. A body part? Eyes. And lastly, one more verb. Um, consume. Whoa. All right. Let's see if we can figure out this tickle fantasy mad lib. Let's see how long it takes the feds to swarm our apartments. <laughs> My ideal fantasy would be Boris Koloff tickled and teased at etickle.com. <laughs> same, same. He tickled every minute of it, but it was extremely hot. Vincent Price tickled his elbow, and it really drove him crazy. His laughter was horrifying, and his body was... Fleeing. Sorry, I can't read. <laughs> read. Mm -hmm. And his body was fleeing around like crazy with every touch. After finding out his most ticklish spot was his toes, it became the focus of the tickle torture, quickly making him scared. Scared for it to stop. I However, am, as I'm just really quick, I'm excited that maybe one of our listeners is going to discover something about themselves listening to this. I mean, the way it's describing it is not too bad. <laughs> However, the tickling didn't stop. In fact, Elvira joined in after several minutes and targeted his boobs. <laughs> With rapid fingers that made the mm -hmm. fantasy captive. Uh, Solvay, I'm sorry. Could you could you speak slower? Could you? Could you add a little add a little I'm section? Trying to, to get this? through this. No. Speaks however, <laughs> however, the tickling didn't stop. In fact, <laughs> Elvira joined and after several minutes and targeted his boobs, joined <laughs> with rapid fingers that made the fantasy captive spook even more than before. <laughs> Soon, the handsome and haunted ticklish man became very tied and the tickling became even hotter prompting his tickle to start oh i got fucked up uh prompting his tickle to start okay okay we're gonna back up okay back soon up. the handsome and haunted oh the handsome Solve, and someone handsome. listening is trying to finish right now you got to get through this gotta... i'm trying <laughs> it's hard to look at a piece of paper and a screen at the same time trying to match these up Okay. Soon the handsome and gentle ticklish man became very haunted, and the tickling became even hotter, prompting his ticklers to start tying his neck until he couldn't take it. After two hours of tickle torture, the two captors both started damning his eyes until my fantasy man consumed. It was perfect. That is even worse than what happened on the last episode. That is... You know, we could switch some words. Really, everything you picked wasn't that weird. It all kind of fit into this. 
Yeah. Because I, I also want to see the handsome and haunted Boris Karloff get tickled, tortured, and his eyes damned on etickled.com. Yeah. Solvay, thank you so much for that that horrible thing that just happened. Well, I didn't make it. I feel a little bad because someone worked hard on that. And here we are engaging it. Uh, we'll send me the link and we'll link to it in the show notes if, if listeners want to go and have their own tickle torture party. Okay, that sounds good. And that's what you do at a sleepover. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Solvay. You're uh, welcome. Have you watched anything cool recently? Um... Cool? I don't know. Uh, I've watched a few documentaries. Mm-hmm. All while high. And they all turned out to be sad documentaries. <laughs> um, both on Netflix. One is called Moving Parts. It is a documentary about the drag queen Trixie Mattel. Okay. Specifically before and after winning Drag Race All-Stars. But it, um, that was the point. Like, that was, like, what they were going to do. But then real life happens, and they were there to catch it all on camera. Oh, really? So there was that. And then I've tried to watch this documentary before, but it's Jim and Andy. Oh, yes. I've Jim, seen Jim and Andy. Jim Carrey uh, being Andy Kaufman. And I tried totally to watch insane. It for, yeah, I've watched it before, and I was like, I can't finish this. This is too weird. <laughs> and then since I've been watching Saturday Night Live, I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it another go. And that is just weird and sad. It's hard to... It's a wild... It's surreal, really. It is tough to see, you know, someone clearly having a breakdown. Oh, yes. And then, like, at parts knowing he's having a breakdown, it's crazy. Yeah. I love that movie a lot, but uh, Jim and Andy is definitely a, a necessary, like, double feature with Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I have seen a few things I'm going to run through. Uh, I saw the 2019 animated Adams Family movie. Uh-huh. It was fine. Hmm. I, I watched, I mean, I also watched the ones from the 90s earlier last week, too. And the Adams Family, it's fine. Like, the, the, the 2019 version. There's some stuff I liked. There's some stuff I didn't like. But You can find it a little charming. It had, it, it had its moments. It had its charms. I loved Morticia, uh, putting on her dipping her, her makeup brush into her mother's ashes to put on her eyeshadow for her wedding. Mm-hmm. That was fucking great. Like, that was that was good. The plot was kind of, you know, whatever. I'm glad they gave Pugsley more to do, give, make him more of a character, I guess. Yes. Um, I also saw a movie you recommended to me. I watched Peeping Tom. <gasps> yes, tell me about it. I kind of loved it. I yes. What I liked most is that for a movie about someone who's into cinematography... It is shot so beautifully. Like, they really, like, well, if this guy's going to be in this, this has to be shot really well. There are some scenes that just blew me away with how they were composed and how the, the lighting and the, the color all worked together. It was very well made. Mm-hmm. I also like the line at the beginning where the guy that runs the newsagent shop says, hey, you know what kind of magazines sell the best? Magazines with women on the front covers who aren't wearing front covers themselves. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, uh, um... You mentioned, so we've mentioned Psycho and Peeping Tom. They both came out, like, within months of each other. Mm-hmm. And the stories are different, but I think they are both, it's hard to tell what was the first movie to do first-person kills. It was It was really interesting to see, like, an old, like, 
1950s-style movie, like a movie that looks like a lot of old movies I've seen, but also have this, like, splash of slasher that isn't quite fully formed as an idea in film yet, mm-hmm. but to see, like, those little seeds kind of, like, starting to sprout in this movie. Um, at the Roxy Garden last night, I was working, so I didn't get to see all of it, but we were showing Rear Window, which is a Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. Literally about a peeping Tom. Yes. And um, that one was really good. I didn't finish it. But it definitely was, I think, Hitchcock might have been inspired a little bit by Peeping Tom. Because I'm sure he heard a lot about it because they came out about the same time. And they were both, like, revolutionary horror mm-hmm. suspense movies. But uh, interesting. Have you seen Rear Window? I have, but it has been a long time. I need to definitely revisit a lot of Hitchcock's films. Yeah, it was cool because, I mean, he's peeping into people's house, like, mm-hmm. apartments from the alley. And we're in the alley, and you can see the girl in her apartment up above it. Oh, weird. It was surreal, yeah. That is super surreal. Uh, also, one more I want to add, uh, just because uh, I've never seen it before. Uh, have you seen Slumber Party Massacre 2? Not the second. I've seen parts. Uh, I saw... I've never seen the first one, never saw the second one. I watched it uh, remotely for my friend's birthday this week, or yesterday, I guess. And uh, it's fucking crazy. It's so... It's not at all what I was expecting. I thought it would be, like, Black Christmas. Oh, no. And instead, it's like Horny Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, it is. Um, We had the first one on 35mm ready for the film festival. So eventually we'll do that. But I do think both of them are very, like, cheesy like that. I think the first one's a little spookier, a little Mm -hmm. more serious, but that second one... That second one is something else. Yeah. Well, all right. Anything else we need to say about the Three Stooges, our sleepover game, or the movies we watched? Who's your favorite stooge? Um, I like Shemp. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of a hipster that way. Yeah, the underdog. Yeah, he really is. Um, nice. Yeah, he's, and they made a biopic of the Three Stooges, and John Kazir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, played him. Wow, cool. Yeah. Nice. I think that's all I got. Well, speaking of outdoor cinema, this Wednesday, uh, this coming Wednesday at the Roxy Theater's Garden, um, we're back from the dead, baby. It's Trash Talk, one night only, outside showing, I can't believe it, Frank Henenlotter's <laughs> brain damage. I th- I'm afraid we're going to get arrested for showing this outside. Like, I feel like this is a movie you can only show, like, on, on in a basement, you know, with the, the windows blacked out. I don't think there's any nudity. I, d- I don't... Thank God. I think there's just a lot of very troubling things that we are about to expose uh, the outside of Missoula to. It's true. Um, I'm hoping tickets are sold out by the time this airs, but if not... Yeah, come to our socially distanced outside screening of the master of fucked up movie Frank Henelotter's Brain Damage. He is. Um, On that note, uh, I don't have the links all quite ready, but we also are doing... Um, October will kind of be the end of anything at the Roxy, except for rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going back to virtual trash talks. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, in November, we're going to do um, a Halloween party. <laughs> the first weekend of November is a Halloween party. It's virtual. It's going to be the double feature of Netflix's original remake of The Babysitter, and then they just came out with a sequel for that, Babysitter Killer Queen. Sure, the two Mick G movies? Yeah, um, I have only seen parts, but I think it's worth watching. It seems silly. And, um, so that'll be a Halloween party for that, um, 
I don't know. At, at this point, it seems like everything is wrong in the world. Mm-hmm. And so why not let Halloween live a little longer? Right? Time's not real. Why yeah. not keep celebrating Halloween? Solvay and I celebrate it year-round. and it's true. And we're helping you celebrate it that time, too, because why wouldn't you? It's the best holiday. Yeah, you can eat all your leftover candy. Maybe finish your costume by then. Yeah, <laughs> finally, maybe. Yeah, so that'll be a good time. So a lot of trash talk coming up, and you can always visit theroxy.org for all that information. Theroxytheater.org. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, anything else we need to get to? Oh, thank uh, you, of course, to Rooster Sauce. Rooster Sauce. Speaking of Halloween year-round, listen to Rooster Sauce uh, discography. Um, thank you for the use of their theme song, Demons Inc. from the album Zombies of the Ultra League. It's it's play okay. If you had Halloween parties this year, and you shouldn't, <laughs> I mean, you should not this year. But if you did, when you're alone, you meeting with your friends, put on this album and rock out to songs about Suspiria. Dario Argento's Demons, Big Trouble Little China, and others. Go to roostersauce.bandcamp.com. We did it, Charlie. We did it. No spiders in sight. Not anymore. They saw what you did to their friend. God, it was so big. I don't know how it got in here. Well, I'm, gl- <sighs> well, I'm glad that everything is okay. I don't know. <laughs> Are you ever... I'm so afraid that a spider is going to be inside my house. And when they're really little, I just pretend I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. When they're kind of, eh, I take it in a cup, take it outside. Sure. But when it's well, really it big, to death. I, yeah, well, it depends on when. Um, when they're really big, I guess I squish them. And if it was huge, I don't know what I would do. Well, hopefully you'll never but have to find out. I'm always very afraid that the spider is pregnant and is going to give birth in my house. That's like one of my biggest fears because it could happen. It probably has. And then you have just like thousands of spiders. I don't know what I do. Like it's really making me sick thinking about it. Well, let's not think about it. Let's go ahead and just end the show and we can think about something else. I'm freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening. This is the Final Girl Sleepover. I'm Solvay. I'm Charlie. Good morning, you knuckleheads. There you go. (laughs) 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 (laughs)